0: Welcome to the Grace South Bay Church podcast, where we discuss sermons, theological ideas, and how to live for a story larger than ourselves. I'm Matt Cabot, an elder at Grace South Bay, and host of the podcast. We're continuing our conversation on a new series called "The Gospel Is Greater Than Politics." The political arena is often marked by heated division, accusation, confusion, and weariness. In this four-part series, Pastor Bob Crossland discusses how Christians can engage with politics in a more hopeful and life-giving way. Today we're talking about Bob's second sermon titled Helpful. We'll look at our civic role as Christians and discuss how we can be more helpful to the political process and promote the common good. We'll talk about that and more on today's podcast. Glad you're with us, let's dig in. So Bob, uh, why should the church be a safe place to discuss politics?
1: I think, Matt, because uh, there kind of uh, is nowhere else where it is safe. Uh, right? It seems like everything has become a potential uh, political battlefield or minefield. I mean, we obviously hear stories of, of families, uh, we know of workplaces here in Silicon Valley, uh, schools, of course. I mean, mm-hmm. those are just ideological battle zones right. um, that are exhausting and that uh, create enemies. And if Jesus' uh, work is work of reconciling, and actually reconciling once Enemies, mm-hmm. um, we you know we saw that in in Ephesians, uh, Jew and Gentile being enemies, and and he brings down that dividing wall of hostility. Dare I say, Republicans and Democrats, and he yeah. brings down that dividing wall of hostility. So the church in particular should be a place of safety for political discussions because Jesus is greater, Mm -hmm. right? And Jesus is ultimately the king who is coming to bring heaven with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, He will put all things to rights, and so he brings people together who would never be friends, Mm -hmm. never be brothers and sisters. And so the church needs to demonstrate this, that politics, whatever, this is a place where we can discuss, where we can wrestle, Mm -hmm. where we we can trust each other even as we differ around Mm -hmm. these things.
0: Mm -hmm. So does God care about politics?
1: absolutely God cares, Um, because what we know, particularly going back to Genesis 9, where we see God beginning to uh, institute government, right, and that's what Paul's talking about in terms of uh, these authorities uh, have been instituted by God for our good, right, Mm -hmm. for really to to begin with the protection of human life, and uh, to to prevent Mm -hmm. violence Mm -hmm. is where um, the institution of government begins. So because God cares about people— he cares about politics, because mm-hmm. it's the, 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 the organization of political power that is meant to maintain at least a, a modicum of, of peace and justice for now mm-hmm. um, under the sun. So he, he cares very much about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say to those Christians who just don't want to have anything to do with politics?
1: Tough noogies. <laughs> <You> <laughs> don't know? come to our church. Yeah, well, <laughs> a, hey, d- d- well, go, go live in China. You yeah, know, So yeah. so so go to a place where you have no voice, and then mm. you don't have to worry about politics. Right. But if you want to live in a, in a place where you have political rights, Mm -hmm. civil rights, where you can petition the government, where you have free press, uh, where you have free assembly, Mm -hmm. um, and where you can vote uh, at all different levels, well, now you must care about politics because, as we've talked about, now you bear the sword, metaphorically. You now have a certain amount of power uh, that you can use to influence uh, the community for the better or for the worse, mm-hmm. and so as we all know, for Christians, whatever power we're given, we are called to use for uh, the, the good of others, uh, the blessing of the world around us, and God's glory. Mm-hmm. So you, you don't get out of it now. If right. you're if you're an American Christian, an American citizen, um, then you have these rights and you have these powers, um, and so you will be held accountable for how you use them.
0: So we can't we can't ignore it. We can't run and hide in a cave. Well, I guess we could, and we, we could avoid a politics, yeah, but we could. living in this culture, we actually have a role. So what is we do. the role, the civic role, for Christians?
1: Well, so the way that we did it in the sermon is we looked at how uh, Paul and Peter talk about the role of government in the first century, and what we saw there is that there's this the role of promoting the good and preventing the bad, which is, mm-hmm. you know, very mm-hmm. kind of basic rudimentary, this is the role of of governing authorities, this is the role of um, political power, Um, and we also saw how God holds cultures, even his own people, accountable Mm -hmm. uh, for injustice, and so therefore... protecting the weak preventing injustice is is a role of government so promoting the good, preventing the bad, protecting the weak um, these are the the civic roles uh, for anyone who have anyone who bears the sword so mm-hmm. God holds cultures, peoples, leaders accountable uh, for these things for, for executing uh, in these ways and if they happen to be his people so be it and mm-hmm. you know what's awesome is that God is consistent. Mm-hmm. right and and he is consistent in terms of the the judgment he brings against outsiders against gentiles against the nations and the judgment he brings against his own people mm-hmm. against Israel like god is not fooling around here right. and he expects his people he expects human beings to promote the good, prevent the bad, and protect the weak.
0: Right, and that, and you're saying expects, not expected. Yeah. Because all throughout the Bible, it looks like God was judging the nations, mm-hmm. but He's still judging today, right?
1: Yes, I, I think there's there's no reason to believe He's not, and particularly when you when you go through Revelation, you get to Revelation 19, and there's this great, awful and great scene. Yeah of the destruction of Babylon and the, the lament that goes up mm. for the destruction of Babylon, particularly from all the, the merchants and the, the kings of the, of the world. Um, and it's clear from that text that, the, that John is talking about Rome, the city of mm-hmm. Rome at that time, but he's calling it Babylon for maybe a number of reasons, but one of them is to signify that this isn't just literally the city of Rome mm. in the first few centuries of our era, but actually this is the human city— Uh, The city that is built on pride, arrogance, um, uh, violence, aggression, uh, sensuality, right? And that's how Rome is described in in Revelation 19. So the fact that what we see, we see God judging that city, Rome, but but given a name that is not so historically specific suggests Mm. that this is God's stance toward all cities like Rome, Nineveh, Babylon, Mm -hmm. Babel. Samaria, Sodom, right? We see this mm-hmm. list from the Old Testament, but then it extends to the last book of the New Testament. Oh, and by the way, Jerusalem, which Jesus right. talks about over and over again right. in the Gospels, right? And Jerusalem right. faces terrible destruction mm-hmm. in AD 70 because of their rejection of God.
0: Right, so it's historically, God is, was judging, and he is judging today, and we can't ignore our role in this, in society and politics. So how can Christians promote the common good?
1: So, um, you know, again, we talked about this idea, promote the good, prevent the bad, right. protect the weak. And one of the first points that I was making is is really thinking, just for a second, think about the common good versus um, our own personal interests. Mm-hmm. Because that is how um, oftentimes this is talked about, how we assume politics works simply by people voting for their own personal interests, and you Mm -hmm. gather enough people and appeal to their own personal interests enough, and that gets you a voting block, and that's how you can get elected and that kind of thing. Whereas the role of government is to promote the common good, Mm -hmm. and so therefore, as Christians, our job is to be thinking about the common good, not just simply our own personal interests. It doesn't mean that we go against our personal interests, but we hold these things in tension, and we don't only pursue our own personal interests, particularly we don't do that at the expense of the common good. But of course, this is where we start getting into all our trouble, right, right? The, right? The devil in the details, mm-hmm. right? So what is the common good? And this is the question that we, you know, are going to continue dancing around and in mm-hmm. many ways not reach consensus on because we have different visions of what the good life is. Right.
0: I mean, isn't the Bible clear about how faithful Christians, both in the left and right, can promote the common good?
1: You know, it is, it is clear about... Um, how the church can promote the common good right it is it is clear in terms of Taking care of orphans and widows, right? That's what right. James says. He, you want to know what real, real religion is? Yeah. Taking care of orphans and widows, right? Yes. Do that, right? Start there. Right. Um, the, the church, you know, promoting the common good is the church going out and taking the abandoned children that they found on the streets. Mm-hmm. The common good is uh, going into the cities that are ravaged by plague and staying there and caring for those who are sick. I mean, mm-hmm. look at the application now in in mm-hmm. China, right? I, and oh, I yeah. and I I'm sorry, I don't know what the church is doing in. Wuhan or however nice. however you pronounce that area but you know that like this is just playing back what happened 2000 years ago when the Christians stuck around in cities ravaged by plague so the bible is very helpful in, in telling us how we as a church can engage the common good very locally and in fact Matt that's what we're going to be talking about on Sunday so I don't yeah. want to jump the gun too oh, much sure. on that but yeah. um, you know we see Paul saying in 1 Corinthians 5 what job is it of me to judge the outsider, mm-hmm. right? I care about those in the Church, and that's that's who I have authority over, and, and that's where I want to exercise discipline. So um, as I mentioned in the sermon, we are in a new, unique place here, mm-hmm. where uh, we, on the one hand, are believers, and our ultimate loyalty is to Jesus, and really our, our ultimate association right now, our ultimate human association, is the Church. Mm-hmm. Yet, we also do have these rights and responsibilities as citizens, let's say for here, of the United States, which means, um, you know, we we can agree on basic values. Uh, so, you know, I think we all can agree on the idea of like, hey, equal opportunity sounds awesome, right? We right. want everyone to have, a, you know, within reason, a general fair shot right. at making the most of themselves. You know, we can, we can agree on that. Sure. Um, but, you know, what... Wh- you know, what specific policies might we support for that? How do we get engaged locally for that? As a church, what we know for sure we can do is help after-school programs, do tutoring things for kids, uh, mm. uh, particularly lower-income kids. Like, there's all different kinds of things the church can do, but if we're talking about politically, how do we cast our yeah. votes, how do we uh, support different candidates, then things get a little bit tricky. I mean, you see these parents uh, in Los Altos. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, they're having knife fights, metaphorically, mm-hmm. about these the charter schools and right. the and so, the, you know, Los Altos public schools, sure. right? I mean, like, and these are all very well-off, you know, privileged people, right. and they are literally at each other's throats right. about how to use these resources, and they all, I think, generally agree on the basic values of things, right? Mm-hmm. So it it gets very complicated. Again, the Bible gives us very, very good direction who we are to be as God's covenant people, pilgrim people in this world, mm-hmm. um, but we have to extrapolate a lot to get to... Right how maybe should I vote? How do I use the political power that has been bequeathed to me mm-hmm. by, you know, my parents and, and foreparents?
0: Mm-hmm. So is it okay if we disagree on specific policies?
1: I think it's inevitable. I yeah. think it's absolutely okay. And we talked about this at our political night, politics night, Sunday night, that, um, you know, so at, let's say we went through this with the war on terror, maybe still going through it, this tension mm-hmm. between personal freedom and security, yeah. right? We know that we could we could be a lot more secure mm-hmm. at the cost of personal freedom. Right. If we really emphasize personal freedom, we know that that's gonna give people who wanna hurt us right. a little bit more space and room to maneuver, mm-hmm. okay? So there's this spectrum here. Uh, the Bible emphasizes both this idea of personal freedom and this idea of collective security, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the Bible, uh, you know, will espouse both of those values. Right. So we can't necessarily find in the Bible where exactly are we supposed mm-hmm. to be on that spectrum. Yeah. But we all have an idea where we want to be on that spectrum because we're all we're influenced by our own stories and our mm-hmm. own surroundings. I mean, so so we all have these different preferences mm-hmm. that are going to be played out in the political realm Um, you know so what is the good life Uh, you know should people be able to do whatever they want to do as long as they're not harming anyone else Some people might say that, Mm -hmm. right? And some Christians might say, yeah, who am I to say, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they could just quote Paul. Who am I to judge Mm. anyone outside the church, right? In the church, we have our standards outside the church. If you're not harming anyone else besides yourself, oh well, what what can I do? Mm -hmm. But then others will say, no, 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 no. Like, this actually is about what kind of society we want. Maybe people shouldn't be able to marry whoever they want to marry. Maybe that does affect things, right? And so there's going to be real conflict that... We're informed by Scripture, but Scripture does not necessarily give us the specifics necessary to know exactly where to fall on mm. this spectrum in this tension.
0: So let's go back to what we can actually agree upon. This. Yeah. So, what should conservative Christians and liberal Christians be able to agree upon when it comes to politics?
1: You know, so again, we're going to spend a little bit of time on this this coming Sunday okay. this is just in a terms of in terms of in, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in terms of unity, right? I think, particularly in the United States, I think uh, conservative Christians and liberal Christians can agree on um, freedom of religion, freedom of worship, Mm -hmm. I think they can agree on separation of church and state, of course, then it's going to get down to, all right, so then what exactly does that look like? You know, like, so um, what we're going to see in 1 Timothy 2 is that we are to pray for our governing authorities, primarily so that the church can do its work of evangelism and proclaiming Mm -hmm. the gospel, Mm -hmm. right? So I think that translates very easily politically, that we should be thinking in terms of our political support, how how can we, will will, will this enable us to continue proclaiming the gospel, mm-hmm. or to proclaim the gospel better? Right. Great, awesome. Well, so does that mean we should allow prayer in schools or not? Right. Right, should school districts be able to have, mm-hmm. you know, a prayer in Jesus' name or not, or a moment mm-hmm. of silence or not? These. So how, you know, so again, the more granular we get, the more specific we get. The harder it becomes. So, but I do think we can we can agree on this idea of we want free expression of religion. We want the gospel to be uh, un, unhindered, if at all possible. We want our culture and our society to be uh, open and hospitable to faith. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think you have to say not just Christian. You know, we, right. we, we have to be you know equal opportunity in that way. Sure. I think that's one thing we can all agree on. I think we can also all agree on um, that we 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 will renounce the use of violence in order to. To win political power, mm-hmm. which I think kind of cuts off and shaves off on the one side fascism, on the other side communism. Right mm-hmm. that that we will be committed to uh, a nonviolent process right. of you know m- political victory. Yeah. Uh, we will not resort to violence to uh, gain power. We will only use violence to protect those who need protecting. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we can agree on that, right? In which, mm-hmm. in which I think is helpful because it it does take out some of those extremes. Right. Um, I think we can agree on a lot of these basic basic values. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when Martin Luther King Jr. gave his I Have a Dream speech, one of the things he said was, um, you know, he, he dreams for the day when people will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in 1963, peop- many people were still overtly judged by the color of their skin right. and not the content of their character. Nowadays, um, nearly 60 years later— I think the 98%, 99% of us would say, that's who I want to be. I right. want to be someone who judges someone on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Right? right. We can all say that. We can sure. all agree to that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, it gets down to, well, what's going on subconsciously, and, and mm-hmm. how do we truly mm-hmm. respond, and are there things going on underneath the surface that we don't even know about? Right. And even then, so we say, well, this is what I want to be committed to. Well, so then what do we do with laws protecting against discrimination? Right. You know, like, or affirmative action exa- laws, exa- right? Exactly. Right? Yeah. So yeah. It, you know, and, and so you could have one person saying, well, I'm actually trying to stop you know, uh, white people from being vilified. And the other person mm-hmm. saying, well, there's still lots of racism going on. And so right. actually people of color need more protection. And it's like- we agree on the same principles yeah. here, you know, like left, right, whatever, we agree. Mm-hmm. And yet how they are implemented and what is actually going on mm-hmm. out there right now, there's real debate. There's real debate.
0: Yeah. So why is it so hard to believe that people on the other side of the aisle are well-intentioned, <laughs> even if it's our brothers and sisters in Christ?
1: Uh, I, think, I think because uh, politicians and political operatives have really learned our pressure points. Mm. They've really learned how to get us whipped up, up and frothy, <laughs> yeah, right? I mean frothy. like
0: Frothy's a good word. You know, I mean
1: people yeah. talk about like the happy the the happy warrior, the the mm-hmm. positive and optimistic politician. You know, some you know, to some degree someone like Reagan and Tip uh, so, O'Neill. That, that yeah, Tip O'Neill FDR. Yeah. You know, like so you have these guys who who, you know, v- pitched a very Optimistic and promising vision, and 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 maybe that's still the case. But boy, it sure, certainly seems like the bread and butter yeah. of of politicians and political campaigns is uh, negativity and fear, right. and 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 learn and what they've learned is that. Um, people's sense of identity matters a lot more than policy, right? Mm -hmm. So you have this someone saying, well, we can get 10% savings if we do this. Like, no one cares about that at all, right? If you tell me that my way of life is under attack or that this person doesn't respect me, Mm -hmm. right, and thinks I'm a deplorable or Mm -hmm. or whatever else, if if this is how, if this is the news that I'm receiving that my way of life, my identity, the things that I cherish, you know, like my churches are going to be shut down, Or, you know, um, because you're a person of color, like, you're considered a subhuman, and the Mm -hmm. cops are going to be shooting you any moment. Mm -hmm. Like, however, you know, we could—on either side, we could, you know, talk about the hyperboles and these kinds of things. It works. Yeah. And so, therefore, you know, and particularly we end up kind of hearing the same stuff from the same people. We get in this echo chamber, Mm -hmm. and and, and it turns out we all of a sudden start looking at these people on the other side of the aisle as kind of subhuman, truly, truly enemies, like— we don't just disagree on a policy. Um, We disagree fundamentally about all of our values. We have a completely different vision for the good life, and they're they're mutually exclusive. I don't fit in their idea of the good Mm -hmm. life, and they don't fit in mine. And when you have that, when you have this mutually exclusive vision of what America should be or what the good life should be, how how else can you look at that as other than a zero-sum game? We're out for blood here.
0: Yeah. Boy, I just got an idea. Maybe for our next podcast we should have a Christian politician. Like, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you, how are you Find strong? Find me one. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I'm Anybody sorry. Anybody out there who's <laughs> <I'm> listening? <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> Who is one? It's tough, because it, it does seem like it's a blood sport, and to be a faithful Christian and, and to show Christ's love, it, it, I don't know if that's going to work in this arena.
1: Yeah, you know what? I did actually have a, the privilege of sitting down a few years ago with an appellate uh, court judge for mm-hmm. the state of California, who is a Christian, and, and I knew through a few different relationships, and it was it was awesome hearing oh, him great. talk. Now, he's not a politician, mm-hmm. um, but he's a judge, and you know he was appointed by a Republican governor, and... Mm-hmm. Um, and, but you know, I, I I know there are lots of uh, believers in in politics sure. and in government and and doing their best and trying their hardest, and for, also from both sides, yeah, you know, and on exactly. all across the spectrum. So I think I think you're right. I think it'd be wonderful um, to get them to get someone on here talking like that.
0: Yeah. So should it be our goal as Christians to bring heaven to earth?
1: It should be. It is. It should be our ultimate longing that heaven mm-hmm. come to earth. Right. Okay, and 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 so, I think that that's a, a nuance that's important, right? Mm-hmm. And I think maybe the question you're getting at here is um, is, is how triumphalistic should we be mm-hmm. in the sense of you know can we bring heaven to earth? We cannot. Right. I think. I think scripture is very very clear about that, that Jesus is going to bring heaven with him to earth when he returns, and that is at a day and hour we do not know, and he says even the sun does not know. Right. So, of course, the moment you hear someone saying, it's going to happen now, or we see all these signs, and blah, 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 you know to tune out and stop listening to them. Yeah. So, uh, but but it should be our longing. And that's a good question, Matt, is like, are we longing for heaven to come to earth? Mm-hmm. Um, is that, you know, is that something that we're praying for, right? The cry of the church in the first century was, come, Lord, yeah, right? I mean, right. there was this longing Mm -hmm. for his return, bringing heaven with him. Mm. What should our goal be then? You know, so of Mm -hmm. course we're doing something, and again, that's what we're going to talk about on Sunday, what is the core mission of the Church? What can we be united around? What can we expend our efforts on gladly? But to say it in the language that we're using right now, our goal is to announce the coming of heaven. Mm -hmm. Heaven is coming. Yeah. Get prepared for it. Get ready for it. Um, one way to think about it is like we are those airborne units that were parachuted in mm-hmm. the night and early morning of June 6th in Normandy, 82nd and 101st Airborne. Um, we are here in enemy-occupied territory right. to get things ready for the army that's coming, the yeah. armada. Like, you, you know, right. they woke up and looked out, and they yeah. saw thousands of ships out on the channel. Right. It's like— it's coming, it's right? Coming. But we are the airborne units who are moving around, mm-hmm. getting things ready for that arrival and when when appropriate announcing mm-hmm. it's coming. We, you know, we have not liberated France, but we are announcing that the liberation forces are coming, and it is going to happen. Yeah. And our job right now is to get my space wherever I've landed. My mission is to get this spot ready mm-hmm. for that coming, and and get people on board, and you know, get the get the resistance going, and and fight the enemy, fight the Nazis, and fight the collaborators when we have to. Mm. But but get that ready, and so it's it's announcing the coming of heaven mm-hmm. at any moment, uh, and we announce it in, in word and in deed.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's, let's tease that out a, bit, a little bit. So how should the fact that God will ultimately redeem us and change the world and, and us, how should that change the way we engage in politics and then with each other?
1: I, I think that what that means, of course, is that um, it, politics is not a zero-sum game. Mm-hmm. It's not a winner-take-all. It's not this blood sport um, going for the kill, right? Mm -hmm. Because we know that it it is not the ultimate solution, right? Uh, uh, Political power and authority is a stopgap until Jesus returns and bringing full justice with him, full safety, full peace, Mm -hmm. full reconciliation. So we know that that politics only has uh, uh, limited potential. We Mm -hmm. have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. We have to use it. Um, it it, it, doing politics well doing government well makes life better for sure Mm -hmm. so we need to engage it but we don't have to engage it like it is the ultimate arbiter Mm -hmm. of the good life or of the truth and so we don't have to engage it like our identities are on the line like if my side loses and is sort of in, in a permanent minority status, then then somehow I will never be as happy as I could be. Mm-hmm. I won't be able to self actualize um and you know kind of all is lost for my culture and my community. That's just not true right. when, when we when we look at the political landscape, right? Because Uh, Heaven is coming, and Jesus wins, and right now His Spirit is available to every single person, Mm. right? And He's working in each of our lives, and so therefore, whatever the the situation and circumstances are out there in the world, we can know God now, and Mm. we have His Spirit now, and we can have... The best life now
0: yeah. <laughs> <There you laughs> in go. suffering right yeah. in the
1: midst of suffering as right. we know jesus as we pick up our cross and follow him right. that's what god has for us that's what god wants for us so do we do we give some time and thought to politics absolutely mm-hmm. do we fight and speak and and hate as if our lives and our identities are on the line. Mm. No. Even if our lives were on the line, right? right? You think about how Christians have dealt with persecution mm. over the centuries. They don't fight back like that. Right. They, f- they, they might fight back or they might run, but, but to them, they know that their lives are safe and they are hidden in Christ. Mm. They are okay. They are safe. And so if you know you are safe, Right, then you can you can engage politics in, in, a, in a way that we're not seeing in our culture right now, yeah. in a way that I think would be very, very attractive to oh, see. Yeah, absolutely. People would find very freeing, and they'd mm-hmm. want to know, what is it that enables you to care about politics, but to not be captured by it? Right. And I think that's what the gospel has to offer
0: them. Right. Well, this was another great sermon in the middle of your series. The title of the sermon is Helpful. Thank you, Bob. It's the second sermon in Bob's new series, The Gospel is Greater Than Politics. You can listen to all our sermons and this podcast on iTunes and Spotify and on our website at gracesouthbay.com. You can also find a link on our website to ask questions for this podcast. If you don't already, we'd love to have you join us for our weekly worship service. We meet Sundays at 9 a.m. at Crossroads Bible Church in San Jose, California. We hope your week is going well, and we look forward to our next time together. Until that time, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks for listening.